0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player.
1: Please listen carefully.
0: Welcome to the Cultural Stew podcast coming to you from the Goat Factory Media Entertainment Studios. We are your cultural media recommendation podcast, giving you our take on what we think is worth carving your time out for, and also what we think you can pass on and maybe go cut that lawn instead. Warning, we use adult language, and there may be spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Cultural Stew podcast. My name is Ron Herkins Jr., and I am here with my co-hosts...
1: Tony Carter. And Valerie Vidmar. We have a special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself?
2: I am Brigitte Rody Garrison. Yay!
0: <laughs> and what brings you in today?
2: Well, I am here to hopefully give some feedback on the movie Tully, which we're going to talk about later. Uh, I'm a certified nurse midwife and a maternal health provider, um, and a mom of five, ages four to 30. So she has some experience. Been there, done that.
0: <laughs> been there, done that. And aside from that, you are also a former and hopefully soon going back onto
2: Oh. I used to do acting and singing and dancing in my 20s. I'm dancing now. I might go back to auditioning soon. So maybe you'll see me in the chorus. <laughs> a bit too like
0: That theater is a uh, just getting back in theater is just It's always just that little pole in the background.
1: Yep. Her daughter and my daughter are like little bestie Broadway girls. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cute. Cute.
3: Okay.
1: I mean, it is cute. Well,
0: Valerie, did you have anything interesting happen this week?
1: Uh, Interesting. My friend Dustin's in town for two weeks. He worked all week, so I didn't get to see him during the day. Jason was gone all week to California. And I had the girls. Uh, what did we do? I'm kind of blanking as to what we did, which sounds really terrible. I think I had a little bit of a little mental breakdown on Friday. Cried about four times about thinking about them going back to school. And my lady, youngest going to kindergarten, which... Yeah. It's going
0: to open up your... Uh, We're getting a straight jacket. Date time. Ready.
1: <laughs> um. So you gotta deal with the fact that if you've been a stay-at-home mom, uh, the idea of mm-hmm. who are you? So I don't know who I am. We'll figure that out later. Um, but yeah, it's just been kind of a up and down week. Just watching some shows at night, and that's about it. We like work during the day, and then I get the girls down, and then um, yeah watching shows at night it's really kind of a boring week for me so nothing super exciting unless you're looking at me thinking there was something exciting that you know about that i don't know about um no, no. i'm not
0: stalking you <laughs> no
1: shut up no i got a quote on you know filling up the bee and the woodpecker holes in my house wow yeah super exciting
0: those are fun mm-hmm.
1: anyone else tony
3: Uh, Let's see. Let's go backwards. Um, The 22nd, the day before my birthday, Trisha and I and our spouses went to a baseball game at the Red Wings. It was WWE night, so we got to see Mick Foley, but Joe, her husband, and I decided not to stay in line and wait for him. What night was this? It was a um, ball game, but WWE wrestling themed. Oh, okay. So Mick Foley, who was Mankind or Cactus Jack, was there. He dyed his beard black, which was kind of weird because he has gray hair. And we were like, why are you dyeing your beard? It was weird. It really was. At first I thought it was an impersonator, but it wasn't. It was really him. But, um, yeah, Grace said, oh, he's so much taller and muscular than I thought. He just looks big on the screen. I said, TV adds weight to you. But um, it was cool, but we didn't want to wait in line. People were even waiting for him after he threw out the first pitch and they said the national anthem. The line was still full. And everyone knows I don't like lines. Um, so that was the 22nd, the day before my birthday. That was fun. Happy birthday. Thank you. Then we went to Pittsburgh on that, uh, I think, Thursday, which on the road to Pittsburgh was fun with two little kids who don't travel well. But it was a blast. So we went to the zoo. Pittsburgh Zoo is so much better than ours. I think we should get it together, Rochester. Um, we went to Ikea, which saved us. Hey, we're getting giraffes. We are. And that makes me happy. We're also getting zebras. So little baby steps, baby steps. Um, that was fun. And... Also, my parents, I got them tickets to see Earth, Wind, and Fire, who were at CMAC on the 29th, and my parents were in the second row. My dad has been a lifelong fan of Earth, Wind, and Fire. They're around the same age. My dad was in a band in his prime, and it's fun for him seeing another band he grew up watching and liking. And It just brought back flashbacks for him, and he was able to talk about his band, and it just makes my dad happy, and my mom was happy for him, and they were just up front grooving and dancing, and it was great. So that's what I've been up to. Uh, school starts up for me this year, well, I go back Tuesday for orientation and all that fun, boring stuff, but we get our kids back on Thursday. So school is in session and I'll be with uh, Kendra or not. I don't know what room she's in, but. I
1: know I'm, she's going to be working with uh, 12 and 14 year olds.
3: Okay. So that's the uh, no school. So that's with me. High school. My area. So she's she'll be. She's very
1: excited. It's exciting. It is.
3: So I'll see her around.
1: I did go to a Red Wings game on Thursday, which I didn't realize that they weren't the Red Wings on Thursdays. What do you mean the plates? They're oh, the, the plates. plates. Very confused about that. I was very confused. But did we you all, try
0: one of their plate buckets? No,
1: I did not. Did look good? I'm sorry. No, but I got I got the, all the girls' hats. They were kept wearing them all week, so that was kind of cute. So I did that, and I've been slowly getting back into. Uh, I've been walking every morning. Walk. Oh, you're getting... I've been walking every morning. The, let's see, the first walk I did, I couldn't barely walk to the end of my street. And now I'm walking my 3.2 because I'm supposed to run a, a uh, 3.2, which is a 5K. Okay. Did I miss something? Are you guys doing a marathon? Didn't no, driving? he just knows that I was walking. Okay. Oh, he's on Strava. Strava is a...
0: Runner, biker, walker, walker hiker.
3: It's tracking. like a Facebook
1: for... Yeah. Active. Social media
0: for
3: active people. Yes. Yeah. And uh,
1: <laughs> so you can see what I'm doing. So I've been walking, Zoe's been walking with me and then other people. So I've been, And now I've been walking 3.2 is my. So I just keep, I'm going to keep going with that. That's well, helping.
0: What are you racing, running, walking? You said you were. Oh,
1: the 5K? Which? That's in December. It's just with um, Girls on the Run. So oh, I'll be okay. training with yep. Zoe and then running with Zoe.
0: They're still doing the big one at MCC?
1: I have no idea. I don't know.
0: Because they used to run it around the MCC campus. Oh, it might be that. Maybe. I don't know.
1: I This is our first year with it, so she's in with third it. grade. Embrace so.
0: it. I know. My daughter loved it, and she's now in her third season of cross country.
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Good for her. I ran cross country yeah. once.
0: Yeah, she loves it. <laughs> just once (laughs) you showed up to one practice and gave up no
1: i i ran the whole season i did not give up but yeah
0: um my week was an interesting week um as you may have noticed this uh is coming out a little bit later than uh when we were on schedule four and that's because it (laughs) my shitter broke that pretty much the day of was it the night before no it was the morning of us uh Getting ready to record, so I had to take. It was the night before you. It was the night you didn't get any sleep. It was the night before, and then we had to deal with it during the day. Um, so it wasn't like
1: was your sump pump? The septic. Septic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so your toilet
0: Packed up everything. Oh,
2: I know about that. Yeah. I'm a midwife. I like to get things unclogged. Did you get it <sighs> all situated? We or? had to
0: get it pumped out. Okay. It was. <laughs> it was filled, and all the outlets were filled. Oh yeah. And so they had to pump it out and. The cleaning up of things after. Was, uh, I've
2: been there. Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: The I am not. I have a really, really, really bad ga- gag reflex to the point where like a dog throws up and one of the children threw up. I couldn't deal with it because it would make me throw up and uh-huh. it would just make things worse. And so yeah. it's always been a, hey, dear, you need it. So it was me yep. on Monday just like.
3: See, Whoa. I'm used
2: to those smells because of what I do. And I just put on my big old water birth gloves all the way up to my shoulders and I'm okay.
3: Is
0: the, Hold
2: your breath and get it done.
0: Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, I mean you know, as you've known, anything on the show is is fair game to talk about. But like the poop smell in general, yeah. I've never really had an issue with it. Okay. But for some reason, it just it approached the level of puke
4: mm-hmm. smell. Oh yeah, no, it's and because for some it's been reason, sitting there, yeah, the, some reason okay, the that's... puke
0: smell is what triggers my. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the acidic. Yep.
3: The strange thing about that so, with me is that my wife can be vomiting when she was pregnant or, you know, people who are sick in school, they're vomiting. And I, my first thing is, like, I'm so hungry right now. So yeah. when my wife was eating, it was vomiting, or my friends were in, having hangover vomits, I'll be eating cereal, watching them holding their yeah. hair and eating. And I'm like, okay, when you're done, let me know. But I'm eating while they're, like, I have this instant. Are
1: you saying it's triggering your hunger? Something I about
0: people vomiting,
3: wow. I get hungry. Wow. You,
1: remember
0: Goonies where Chunk's <laughs> sitting there just explaining the stories to the, the, the Fratelli's? <laughs> He's like, and then, and then, and then I just, I threw the fake puke over <laughs> and then they started puking and they started puking and everyone <laughs> just started puking. It's weird because
1: it's very like the story that's in Stand By Me, the mm. pukerama. Mm. I just thought that was weird.
0: Yeah, they were both around the same time.
1: I know. Mm. Mm.
0: So that's how my week began. And then it pretty much uh, uh, up to yesterday was not a very good week. And then, uh. Was out mountain biking on uh, yesterday morning, went out for a twenty mile ride, and within the first mile hit something and flipped basically onto my back and didn't think anything about it. We kept going. I got home, pulled out my phone to text my wife because she went to Seabreeze, and my phone was completely bent in half and shattered to pieces. <laughs> so oh I had no phone. I couldn't and like you couldn't use it. But amazingly like the touch screen still was usable, but you like ended up with a shiny finger after a full of glass shards. Ooh. Oh. And so we got home from finally, and her phone was already on the fritz, so we had to replace her phone because she couldn't make any phone calls with it. We were using her my daughter's phone so she can do stuff. And so we got home about 9 o'clock last night and I'm like, well, this is a way to start the, the week right before um, school and later. Okay.
1: We're being super for the first time this year. Tomorrow. Really? What?
0: Tomorrow, that's Ooh. the worst day ever. Have fun.
1: Next
2: weekend, we're gonna bring you guys if you want to come. Have tomorrow, fun. it's gonna be packed.
3: Why would you go tomorrow for the first time ever? You don't know, do you? Okay, never mind. <laughs> well, we already bought the
1: tickets. Backtracking, <laughs> every sorry. kid in
0: Rochester will be there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: Well, well, you already bought the tickets. Uh, Have fun. next
0: now you know. Enjoy it.
3: Enjoy it's the be nice three more.
1: rides that you get to go on. Yeah. Okay, well, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> Pretty, yeah. Okay. I wish you
3: told me. I would have been like, no, no, don't
1: do it. Well, we, yeah, we're doing that. And then Zoe's getting her ears pierced on Tuesday. Mm. Ooh. Right a passage. She wanted to do it.
2: I want to know more about that, where you're going and stuff, but we'll talk I'm, about it later.
1: Yeah. I'm going to the kid's room and I made sure that okay. they were doing it Two people like chink at the same time. Oh. So they're doing it.
2: Do you guys want to know what I did last <laughs> we night? We do. Just so you know why I'm so scattery, I delivered a baby or I caught a baby in a birth tub at 4.05 a.m. So, And How there was lot? lots of puke and everything. How so. long was she laboring? Um, Six hours. Not bad. Third baby. So I'm a little fried. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> but you're on top of things. People need light. That's a lot of <laughs> so caffeine. <much> <laughs> I get it. Okay. 4.05 a.m. is a... Uh, It's a rough time.
2: Eight pounds, seven ounces.
0: Mm. Big. Adorable. Boy, girl?
3: Girl. Mm.
0: And how long have you been doing midwifing for?
2: Um, Almost 10 years.
0: And what got you into it?
2: Um, I had a terrible birth experience, actually. So I met a midwife at a party, and I said, what do you do? And I was pregnant again, and I said, oh, I'm going to switch to you. And I had an awesome second time baby and the rest is history Hmm. I said I've got to help women to have an awesome experience too
0: now does I excuse my like I don't know much about midwifing as does it mostly happen in the home or do you also do it for them if they go to the hospital both (laughs) okay
2: yeah New York State has many midwives in the hospitals and many midwives not that many that also deliver babies at homes okay but we write prescriptions. It's like a it's like actual thing. <laughs> We're not catching babies in their backyard in the cornfield or something. <laughs> and I'm not a witch.
0: <laughs> no. I just I like I you know, I've my experience with midwives has only been seeing them portrayed through Call Zoom the Midwife, or TV. of course, right. Yeah. right. Uh, that's it. So Got you're my first legit awesome. in person midwife that I've met, outside of a doctor delivering a baby, but I right. wouldn't call them a midwife.
2: There's not. lots of midwives well, right at Highland and right at, well, General.
4: The in strange our, thing about right that. In our city.
3: He says media. My first experience, you know, actually seeing a midwife in a hospital was on TV, uh, on Strong Medicine. Uh-huh. Uh, Peter was the midwife and the all-woman-run clinic. And that's my first encounter seeing one actually outside of the home. So, yeah. and now my wife kind of, she had one for a while and then she switched to, yeah, but. Cool. Just, you know, little... Yeah, chemicals. other countries
2: have a lot more, and their uh, statistics are really a lot better. If the they have more The more of the midwives, the better the babies and moms. Okay. So. Awesome. Not bragging or anything, but I <laughs> 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 just really want to move to a country that... Canada. Yeah. Bonds. Spain.
4: Yeah.
0: So we're going to uh, go into the news, talk about a couple of our recommendations. I think uh, Valerie, we've... Valerie's doing... Not dream a little dream.
1: No, I'm not, but I'm going to talk, talk about gonna Match. I'm going to talk about Match.
0: And Tony's going to be talking about Ghost World. Interesting. I just like ran across that this morning. I was <laughs> like, Scarlet Joe is in that. They completely forgot about that. I read the comic book a
3: while ago and I had to watch it. So.
0: And I'm going to be talking about the new series on Amazon, Jack Ryan. So, first up, let's go into the news.
3: What happened? Oh, a lot of things happened, a lot of death depressing actually um last episode when we stepped out um not literally stepped out but day days later many people died john mccain died um he was interred the other day richard franklin had her ceremony i think a uh, day or so ago i think too so it was kind of at the same time kind of confusing a lot of heartbreak around the country um a lot of people coming together despite differences at mccain's funeral which was really nice to see um not,
0: everyone, a Rochester not, not native, everyone came together. Rochester native singing at John McCain's. Renee Fleming. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. Saying Danny Boy.
1: Yes. Not everybody came together at John McCain's funeral. Somebody know.
0: liked to go golfing. Yeah, he was invited. He was not invited. Well, yeah. yeah. <gasps> he invited. And, and he did invited, not
1: put the flag at half mast. Don't
0: you think mass. it would have been a better option just to stay at the White House and shut your mouth for a day?
1: Maybe
3: yeah, it and maybe been. lower the flag. Well, here's what I found out. Technically, it's not his decision, but he can override protocol. Which I, honestly, I don't think the president should be overriding anything in that way. So, no. if they, if the staff know protocol says you lower the flags, keep them down, they should just do it. And if the president says, "Well, I want them up," they say, "Well, no, sir, we will not." And if he had asked me, like, "Nope," so obviously he pressured someone, or I don't know. It's confusing. Um, I don't want to talk about the man. He depresses me.
1: But Barack Obama spoke.
3: Well, he did, and Bush did too, and I saw a cute image of Bush Jr. giving Michelle candy, and that made me giggle, because those were like, besties now, and it's cute. Um,
0: it's a crazy world when we think of Bush Jr. as a good guy.
3: He is a good guy. He just had wrong cards. He, he made some bad decisions. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't his. You know they weren't his.
0: It wasn't we are not right. a politics podcast, so yes. we're not going to get too far yeah. into it, but John McCain, yes, was a, uh, Great guy. a big guy. Blow to our politics, and
1: uh, he had some wrong advisors.
0: And then, as you mentioned, Aretha Franklin.
3: She Linda's went solo. out. They gave her a big, like Michael Jackson, Jackson epic, like farewell. She did a lot of singing. We had Pantasia singing, and just it was like a concert, but it's a funeral. So that was great to see snippets from, and it's just great seeing people appreciate it. I mean, it's kind of late, but still. I think both of them knew
0: yeah. that they were appreciated. But uh. And then we also had the playwright. Neil
1: Simon, Neil Simon. Yes. passed away. So actually, when Zoe and I were walking, I, we saw the flag. Were you walking barefoot in the park? <laughs> we were not then. Okay. Um, we saw the flag. And I said, do you know why the flag's down? No. So then um, I brought it to Wikipedia, and we read about Don McCain. And then I asked her, about Neil Simon. And so then I talked to her about Neil Simon. And then that day we went home and watched Barefoot in the Park. It's rated G.
3: Well, the time. Yeah.
1: And uh, she actually enjoyed it. Ruby actually came over halfway through. Um, so um, she kept saying, this is G. This is Right. G. She was a little shaken up. This is G. And so I was like, yeah.
3: <laughs> Trivia. Do you know what they do for Broadway
1: icons when they die? They shut the lights off. I don't know. Damn the lights! Damn the lights! I was close. Yes. Um, My for you. But yeah, I I like Neil Simon. I, I was back and I kept telling her uh, that I had played two different parts in um, like in, like in duet acting. They call it forensics in Kansas, and then you would have duet acting, and I did a role where I was the wife and then I had a partner and then I did where I was the mother and it was right after she had just climbed up all the steps and uh, so I kept saying, look, right, okay, right here and then we cut here. <laughs> Probably really annoyed with me, but yeah, so I had to watch that. Her first, I kept saying, that's Jane Fonda. That's Robert Redford. Oh, Okay you'll get to know them. It's okay.
0: <laughs> They'll be your friends soon. It's a good introduction. But yeah, you to talk about the rating system of G, like how much it's changed. It's crazy. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. My husband is a movie guy and he was he said it was more like PG of now. Is it true?
1: Yeah. I would say yes. Mhm. I would.
0: It's really interesting because a lot of the stuff that was in the R has moved down into the PG-13. Right. And then a lot of stuff that used to be in the G has moved up into the PG. And mm-hmm. then there's some stuff that's just like, I watched some stuff from the 80s and I'm like, how is this PG? Yeah,
1: yeah, like Raiders of the Arts, r- Lost Ark, Luciento. <laughs> Santo. Uh, oh, yeah. We talked about this. PG-13. Yep. Should, Should not have been PG. <laughs> accidentally invited Ruby over for that to watch with my daughter. <laughs> my husband went ape. What? Yeah. Um, Ruby was fine. My daughter And the head burned out. off. Was I don't know. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, that was
0: a pretty gr-
3: graphic part. I know. And Ruby was saying, I'm fine.
1: I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't know if she was fine when she got home, but Zoe was. Zoe closed her eyes. I think the image of what she thought it would look like was more. Because when I watched it, I thought, man, that's fake. And yeah, she, yeah,
2: kids can't Ruby kept saying, always determine the authenticity of that.
1: And she kept saying, <laughs> Zoe, it's fine. Zoe, it's, it's oh, fine. Oh, she did? She was fine. It's fine, really. Zoe, come on. It's fine. (sighs)
3: See, I find it weird. My daughter, actually, she's two and a half. We were watching Jurassic Park. Whenever someone gets eaten, like the guy in the toilet gets eaten, she giggles. Wow. So whenever people are chasing the T-Rex, she's giggling. So I was like, I'm not sure if you're uncomfortable or if it really makes you laugh. No. Like Ian running. She doesn't have any idea what's going on. Well, she does. She knows. (laughs) Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Yum, yum. So she knows. But it's (laughs) it's just like... <gasps> Weird. Harper
1: used to like never be afraid of anything. Harper could watch anything, not be afraid. Like spirited away. I'm sorry, it has some stuff in there that's she just loved it. She sat there and watched it twice. So we never like uh Yeah. Okay, no, thank you. So and, and Harper loved it. But um yeah. When they're little they don't take well, as much away, and they, they don't, don't really don't. interpret yeah. it like
0: we do. I don't even think it's just as little. Like, I mean, my, my oldest has turned 14, and my youngest is going to be 12 in January. And, you know, I was just watching some eighty movies that I was like, I didn't think anything of. Because, like, you know, as I've explained before, I watched horror movies. And, like, the worst R movies you can think of um, – but then I were like, remember? Oh, these are like some of the the classic '80s films that I watched, and I'm just watching. I'm like, oh man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was... makes
0: me feel uncomfortable having my 14 year old and 11 year old in the same room listening to this because it's just weird. I'm like, but I never thought anything of it until you watch it as an adult. And I watched
1: Gremlins. I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, no, not ready, person, not ready for that. I was watching all these. I just watched tons of stuff that didn't bother me, but I know would bother them. Jason would go ape.
0: It's not even like the violent stuff. It's more of like the language and some of the stuff they talk about, like how many sexual innuendo yeah. things that are pop up. I'm just like, wow, that that stuff doesn't even pop up in PG movies now. No, that it was just so prevalent back then. Kind of uh, like Christmas vacation that way. I was
3: watching it with my <laughs> father-in-law yeah. when he was that alive. Was the one that was like that the was one so that I older. was so like, vulgar. I'm
0: like, wow. Whoa, this is PG.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I love that movie, but I still haven't. What, every year. Whole
0: Andre scene. I, like,
1: I mean, Zoe's okay. seen PG thirteen because she's seen all of the Harry Potter movies. Mm. So I kept trying to gauge them with that, and you can't. Harry Potter is separate from everything else in the <laughs> world. Uh, speaking
0: of Harry Potter, Potter, have you seen the Pottery Barn collection? Oh, oh boy! <laughs> Do yourself a favor and look up I the Harry Potter I... Pottery Barn collection.
2: Is it Harry Potter is it gone? Barn? Is it that would have been combo? funny if they did.
0: I don't know if they did or not. I just happened to see a picture of what the items look like, and I was just like, "Yeah, they're probably already
4: Whoa. gone."
1: Cool or like weird?
0: Full on replicas of Harry Potter stuff, like the life roves, size the owls. <laughs> okay. Yeah, cool. So, okay, moving on in the news.
3: What We got we got cats is coming to the screen.
2: Uh
1: oh.
0: Yeah. yeah i think i've shared my thoughts on Angela weber before um this does not excite me at all not me either
1: me neither although we did have two. my sister had two cats named McCavity and Mistopheles.
2: well the she dance the part summer. of it is going to be so much smaller on the small screen
1: you know just she like likes the music my sister yeah
3: i don't enjoy that show yeah. I don't enjoy Miss Saigon either and it's coming to Rochester. I don't so.
1: like Miss Saigon either. I went to, went to, this sounds like I'm throwing, I am. <laughs> I saw it in London. Everybody got to choose one and somebody chose that. No. Uh,
0: I have a friend who it's, it's his favorite and I think he's, He's probably seen it over fifty times it's by a, now. Miss
1: Saigon. He yeah. saw it
0: four times. The last time he went to New York City, I think he saw it four or five times in one weekend. They must love him because that's phenomenally. I've
1: horrible. seen yeah. I've seen Le Miz a lot.
3: It's coming back for a short spell.
1: I like the ice for one performance in the Buffalo has it for one performance.
3: They didn't pay their dues. Love it.
1: And I can't go because I can't afford it. He's
3: coming here. Just in the back.
1: Is it okay?
3: Uh, see, Woody Allen's finally being pushed out of the
0: Ampus. Yeah. Um, this will be the TikTok. first year that Woody Allen does not release a film in 20-something years. I thought. Nobody is backing him, and this is a oh. symbol of they think that people are finally waking up. listening and waking up that, you now here's a guy who mm. did something bad, and maybe we shouldn't be paying attention to him. Which
1: one? Which bad thing? We
3: don't want
0: to. Just... Uh, Ronan Pharaoh's sister Mia being sexually abused by him when she was little. Okay. Then that no, Mia Pharaoh's daughter. Yeah, right, I'm getting that. The
1: step daughter, the daughter she adopted. Or
0: no, no. it was Mia Pharaoh's daughter. Her daughter.
1: Okay, yeah. I'm sorry.
0: And Ronan came out with. Uh, she came out with a article in the New York Times I saw that. three or four years ago and Ronan backed him up. And Hollywood has just been ignoring it and ignoring it until... Didn't Muriel Hemingway say something about this? Everything too? is blown up in the last six months, nine months. So...
3: Hmm. What was so that? I thought uh, Muriel Hemingway mentioned this too. Like he did something with her or at least he tried to. I think she said something when she was older, like after Superman came out, she... Uh, mentioned it, and no one really acknowledged it that much. But she did put something out there. I think I read that piece several years ago. But um, yeah, sorry, I just I'm having my brain flash back to that. So
1: this movie he made won't be put out at all. Or Which you, one, the last one. This movie he just did. There's one on Amazon that he Kate just,
3: Winslet was in, but I don't know if anyone really paid that much attention to it. That was um, spin Wonder,
4: Wonder wheel or circle wheel, yeah. So. yeah, just... so
0: it might that news might have not included like as of this year. So, it might be next year is not like okay, he's got no financial backers backing him up right now. Huh. To even,
1: anyways, Top Gun, I haven't been a, a fan, so you haven't,
0: no, I Top Gun, too. Why <laughs> <laughs> she's still on Woody Allen, she's okay. a struggle. Go ahead,
3: go ahead.
1: It's one of those things. I don't know. I, Woody Allen was one of those. Uh, he made the movies that when I was young started watching, and I loved the dialogue. You know, I loved the back and forth, and the I liked the post post seventy five. So um, I've always loved his movies. So then when all that stuff came out, that was really. It's just heartbreaking to see these people that you've idolized and just fall. I find it heartbreaking. I mean, it's heartbreaking for everyone involved. I just.
0: It's heartbreaking, but I'm hoping that it changes the culture. Me too. I'm hoping that everything that's coming out right now, regardless of whether people that we respected at one point in time or we love their work, that people to take stand up and notice and realize this shit. Is yep. needs to stop it does you know I, when I was a teen and I was looking into going in and you, it's all you heard about was the casting couch type stuff and it was like what the hell is this all about you know I didn't think anything about it and now all of what you know that sort of
1: it was a joke no but it wasn't, but it wasn't it's a real joke. and that that's <laughs>
0: the that's the scary thing is that we, everybody treated it like a joke and yeah. we have generations and generations that just treated it like eh <laughs> What are they know kind of thing? And now it's like, okay, everybody's getting in a voice to be heard and hopefully shit gets changed. So,
1: It's interesting, it just took so long. People were saying things a long time ago. It just took a long time.
0: Well, part of that, I believe, is probably because of a new generation that has grown up. You have a younger generation that has been hearing it is now the ones that can actually make decisions and make choices and make an effect on whether it be the box office or what's being TV. If you have a group of 20 to 35-year-olds that all of a sudden say, you know, F you to Hollywood, we're not going to support this guy anymore, then the people that are 50s and 60s who are running it are going to stop and take notice and say, oh, well, Mm -hmm. if we're not going to get money, Plus maybe they we they're adults,
1: something. I mean, there are kids like Disney kids saying that they were being, uh, molested. And I, for you, um, how do I put this? I know that he is kind of a figure where people are like, but Corey Feldman mm-hmm. wrote a book that I really like actually. And uh, he said that when he met Corey Haim, he'd already been, I think he was, must have when he was eight, eight or or 11, something like that. It already happened by the time he met him and ruined his life. And that's like the downward spiral of his life. Mm -hmm. And that it happened to him. It happened. It was just prevalent. It's just sickening that it's taken so long.
0: And, and that's the thing, you know, people look at somebody like that and say, the kid's messed up. How can you believe anything he's saying <laughs> and realize that he got broke by the industry and this is what happened. This is, he's a product of that. And now it's taken two, almost three generations of, I say generations, but like decades of people going through the industry to finally start making shit change. And In the same way with, you know, us not being a politic podcast, but we look at here we have a seven-year-old guy that is bringing shit that is back to the 40s, 50s, and 60s range of how certain people view. How does that change? Generations die off, and new generations come up and replace that. And that's sort of what you're seeing, in I think, in the film industry is you're seeing a younger generation of people that are more accepting – and re- respect people for who they are and what they are. And the older people who have this fear of change or whatever are either getting forced out or are dying off. And so at its core, I think it's coming up from the bottom and it's becoming a better industry as a whole, as I hope our country is. You know, we now have...
1: Politically, would be nice it nice if it were... Two worked. to
0: five million new people that will be voting in November. Mm-hmm. That's, that can make a huge change.
1: Let's hope. Yeah, we can I mean, hope. stuff came out beforehand. Yeah. It still didn't matter.
0: Well, I, that's why I, I'm saying you have generations that need to change. It, our our kids are the ones that are going to be changing stuff.
1: We need to change things in two years. Yep. That's okay. the saying? Okay, moving on. So,
0: unfortunately, <laughs> there's a lot of 60, 70, 80-year-olds that... Are still voting <laughs> and they have nothing to do but sit there and wait and go vote. And if they're stuck in their ways, they're going to continue to vote. So the ones that need to vote are the ones that are the younger and the generations that need to change.
3: Maybe not. Maybe Top Gun on. 2 is being pushed back. Do we know why, Ron? I don't
1: know. Why. I have
0: no clue. Are you excited to wait for it? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh,
3: so I, I, just
0: It was just one of those things that popped up. I'm just like, oh. going to
1: be two years older.
0: So I'm hearing that, you know. This is Goose's son. He'll be. He'll be on. Re- oh, no, he's.
1: Because he's, of Goose's son?
3: That you heard is this is about Goose's son and, and you know, and Maverick uh, mentoring him and passing the torch to the new generation. Is
1: Meg going to be in it?
0: I haven't seen her in anything. She's lately.
3: been kind of in the shadows, obscure, producing stuff.
1: So. I
0: want to say the last time I watched a film with her in it was the one with her with Russell Crowe.
1: Oh, she was also in one I'm called The Women. I'm sure she was the in Women. stuff later, but. She's one and called the women, but I haven't seen her lately. No. Mm.
0: Well, Cruz might be cashing in his retirement checks by the time <laughs> Top Gun comes out.
1: It's two years from now. The man is pretty fit. I don't so, know.
0: Silly, Bruce Lee. I'm just stating a
1: fact. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs>
3: anyway. Um. See, so yeah, a quiet place is getting a sequel as well. So I know you guys are. I don't. will know how you guys feel. How do you feel?
1: A lot of places. I'm hoping it. I don't know.
0: I don't know how they would approach the sequel. I don't either. Um, I'm kind of hoping it's more of a prequel, but...
1: A prequel would be...
0: Like something that embraces the whole, like, how did it start into... That. Into that.
1: That'd be interesting. The prospect
0: of it without... I mean, John Krasinski was such a huge part of that film that I don't know how... I mean, work. Emily Blunt is was remarkable. The, uh, I can't remember her name, but the girl who played the deaf girl was phenomenal. But
1: I John know, was like yeah. a,
0: a really big piece of glue that held that okay. thing together that I thought would be like,
1: oh, let's see how we from like. I would love to see how it became like that.
0: And how did they learn that they had to be quiet and do all this and form these communities that. Hmm. I don't
1: know. I
2: thought it was perfect the way it was. I think they should leave it alone. It was like Twilight Zone. I know. I know. Money. But, but no, I agree. And I don't want to get any more attached to the little boy who dies in the beginning. <gasps> we spoilers. It. <laughs> spoilers are fine. I already didn't want to watch so it after that it. scene. I'm like, I can't handle this. I didn't Kids die. I'm i out. But I did watch it and I thought it was well done.
1: Jason's the same.
0: The, the look on, oh, man, when the kid got snatched oh, and John was just sitting it. there and just like, he couldn't uh, couldn't emotionally do anything. I was like,
1: "Oh my gosh. Yeah. <sighs> okay, goosebumps. No
2: prequels, please.
1: Uh, I'm just <laughs> reading this Danny Boyle thing for the first time.
0: Yeah, Danny Boyle. Right after our last show, Danny Boyle um, decided to leave James Bond 25. And as we were just talking about the last show, was Idris Elba possibly being the next. touted as the one to follow? This came out like the next day. Danny Boyle is no longer there, and it has something to do with one of their casting decisions,
4: mm-hmm.
0: whatever that may Created be. Creative differences, and uh, but in that byline, <laughs> I said something about him directing a Beatles musical. I had no clue that he was directing a Beatles musical, so that was news to me. And has Ed Sheeran in it, or Sheeran? No, yes, but he's as himself, not I, as anybody okay. to do with the Beatles. And
3: down. seriously, oh my god, she just grabbed her head.
1: I did. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Kendra, who loves Ed Sheeran. Grace Lofton, too. But you're going to, like, push them together. That's really nice. I liked uh, I d- him I don't know
0: how what they're before... doing or what they're basing it off of. Or, well, I mean, obviously they're basing it I know. off of
1: He wrote the song for but... somebody else. She didn't put it out. Whatever her name is. What's her bucket? Mm-hmm. What's her name?
3: You're talking about Julie Taylor?
1: No. No, the song that Ed Sheeran wrote, he didn't. he wrote it for... I don't know anything Rihanna. about. I don't know anything about him. And I don't then follow him. Rihanna and she didn't put it out, so he put it out, and that it was that song that keeps getting played over and over and over and over. One call away or something. Or
0: here's the beautiful thing: is I couldn't tell you one single song that he sang, or wow. even recognize his voice. So
3: good for you. I wish I had that,
0: Luxury right.
1: Anyway, speaking of ahead.
0: music, um Hans. I don't know if I pointed this out. Hans is composing Wonder Woman. That's 1984 cool. even though he said he was done with composing superhero films Please. so
3: you believed him
0: i think <laughs> he likes that electronica and i think it'll bring him back to the 1984 oh, I see that's when really he was thing. playing the uh synth synth guitar and mm-hmm. all that uh any trailers that caught your guys eye this week not really
1: haven't watched any haven't watched any wait um, did i see something in the theater? Did I go to the movie theater. Wow, oh. there were a couple,
0: that, a couple that came out. Um, it's pretty bad, it's but pretty nothing bad. that really stuck out to me. And there were like, there was a new, new Hugh, Hugh Jackman film, Front Runner, about a politician. I didn't even watch it. Um, but I going to go back and check that out. Um, a new trailer for Bad Times at El Royale. I every time I see this, I want to see it even more. Jeff Bridges and um. Cynthia Erivo, Nick Offerman, Chris Hemworth.
3: Can I ask you a question? Where do you see your trailers? You see them on YouTube by accident, or you go to Apple and other places, and like you look for them? Like, how do you get your trailers? Everywhere. Okay, so just not me then, because you feel like I go YouTube. and say
1: new I trailers mean, for this week.
0: I mean, I see them. I see them through my feed, my um, typically through the Twitter feed first. Okay, and then through a couple of the news sites I follow, okay. I'll see them through there. Yeah, I mean, nine times out of ten, they're through the news feed first uh, because I follow a lot of creatives in the industry, so they're like, oh, here, check this out.
3: I have a friend of mine who keeps, not Trisha, not Trisha. I have a friend of mine who actually waits for trailers to drop on YouTube. That's the only way he watches new trailers. And, like, that's just, I mean, that's great, but there are other places to do that, and it's kind of limiting.
0: Well, in past years... You could probably say about sixty percent were on YouTube. Hmm. Now you'd be pressed not to find one that doesn't appear on YouTube at the same time because they tried the whole like release them through Yahoo, yeah. you release them through Microsoft. Um, even if they go through Apple trailers, they're released on YouTube at the same day. They just, right. Everybody's realized you you can't put them on a another thing. Your value is is at YouTube, right? So, yeah,
3: okay.
0: That's generally where I've seen most of them now. Um, and then the true detective season three. I don't know if either of you have caught in either of true detectives
1: before. It's not a lot, but just like one episode, every Once in a while. So I watched the first couple of episodes of season one
0: with Matthew McConaughey. And mm-hmm. um, so, not was, that I didn't
1: like it, I, I think something came up. It was
0: dark, show too. I like dark. Um, Season two didn't get rave reviews, um, so there was question whether they would be doing a season three. But they are, and I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Maharshala Ali. Maharshala. Maharshala Ali, um, from
3: House of Cards
0: and Moonlight. Moonlight. Um, so he plays the the lead in Detective.
3: I knew three, when he was in Moonlight, three. he was going to get the Oscar. As soon as I saw him as Juan in Moonlight, I said, he's getting the Oscar.
0: I loved him in House of Cards. He was great. Ready. So yeah. just been every time he's in something, I'm like, oop, instant watch. Any other news? No. Okay. Well, that wraps up our boring news segment. Uh, moving into <laughs> sure. our recommendation list, Anthony. So, um, I was reading comic books because
3: I do that. I'm that kind of person too. Um, and I was reading Ghost World because it sounded cool, you know? And then I found out that, you know, our friend Scarlet Joe Johansson was in Scarlett Ghost World. Scar Joe. Scar Joe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was in uh, Ghost World with Steve Buscemi and Dora Birch, who was in American Beauty. So it's kind of that whole Steve Buscemi is awesome. Dora was in American Beauty. And then you have Scarlet Joe, who's in every Marvel film recently so I just had to watch it and in case you don't know Ghost World came out in 2001 it's based on the graphic novel comic series by Danny Close and it's basically about two young ladies who graduate from high school and how they're preparing for the life after and I kind of figured it'd be opportune to talk about it because you know the best test we're talking about and it's about women having names and you know talking about things that are not boys and that kind of thing
1: two women they have to have, <laughs> you have to have... Names? No. Well, yes. the, one, yeah, they have to have more than one do they talk.
3: And not about boys. And what?
1: not about the people in the movie, not about boys.
3: So, and they pass this with flying colors, but uh, they also talk, they, the thing is they get bored after high school and they start finding creeps to target and things that pique their interest and... They find our semi-character. Let me get his name so I can say it correctly. Uh, Seymour, who collects really eccentric, weird art, and he uh, catches Enid's Fancy. I think that's her name. Yeah, Enid's Fancy, who's Dora Birch, and they kind of hit it off. And then she's coming of age, and
1: this is a movie. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was a series. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. Um, you should watch it. You may like it. Um, but um, it's just a kind of like a virgin suicides feel to it, but a little bit more dark comedy. But it's, I, I guess I wanted to see it because I was still feeling like I wanted to know what people were thinking in 2001. Because, I mean, I was just getting into high school at that time or in the middle of my high school career. So it was, I wanted to see what would happen after, or at least cinematically what happened after. Like, you know how in some movies they have prom scenes? And my two proms I went to were nothing like the proms I've seen in movies. So My
1: so. prom is like in Phyllis was yours? My prom. was like in Footloose. When they decorate See? themselves. They decorate the whole thing themselves and then you go.
3: I don't know. I think the movies lead people on in the wrong way sometimes. JK sometimes. Um, but uh, I like the movie a lot. I would say watch it if you can. You can learn a lot. And again, you have Scarlett Johansson, Dora Birch, and Steve Buscemi. And... The opening scene alone of watching Thor dance to Bollywood music is delightfully funny and amusing to me.
0: So, fun. Um, I had the interesting couple weeks trying to figure out what I was going to talk about here. Um, Gringo, a movie that I wanted to see a couple weeks ago, came on on Amazon, and I said, nope, don't want to talk about that. Um, then I went and saw Mile 22. Nope, don't want to talk about that. Um, and then I saw Habitime Murders. I'm like, this has got to be the one I'm going to talk about. Gosh. Nope. You know, got to talk about that. I'll later. talk about that a little bit later. But that, um, what I wanted to talk about is two things came out on Friday. Um, um, Ozark season two, mm-hmm. which I was excited for. Um, but also Jack Ryan mm. and I am a huge Jack Ryan, uh, from Tom Clancy fame, yes. uh, fan Um, And we've gone through many iterations. We've had Alec Baldwin Mm -hmm. as him. We've had Chris Pine. We've had Ben Affleck. And Mm. most importantly, we've had Harrison Ford. Um, And I remember watching the the early ones. And outside of Indiana Jones and Star Wars, it's probably some of the first Harrison Ford action movies I remember watching with my father. And so there was that little bit of like, hey, a little nostalgia type thing going on um of like i wanted to see how john krasinski
1: how do, you do? Krasinski.
0: krasinski portrayed him um especially in the way of you know he goes from this analyst to full blown agent you know how does he make that transition as a character um
1: can you give him a grade
0: a minus really not not as good as harrison but very good in terms of Huh. John, for me, has has never been an action guy. He's no. always been this comedy yes. dude. A little bit, of, and you know, most of that is is from The Office. So I wish that I had never seen The Office specifically, because so I could see, like give a fair judgment on his acting. If you wouldn't have watched America. the
1: American and watched the British one, you wouldn't have had that issue. Correct. I
0: watched both.
1: Did you like the British one better? I liked them both. I,
0: could, I liked can't like like them both. Mm.
1: You didn't like one better than the other? Not really.
4: Mm.
1: Huh.
0: My daughter's obsessed with The Office. Mm. But, you know, the only action movie that I'd seen with John um, recently was uh, the one about Benghazi.
3: Okay.
0: Um, and he bulked up and just, it was a completely different character for him. And so it kind of threw me for, a, like, Oh, here's him trying to be this, uh, serious actor guy. And he pulled it off affably. And so when Jack Ryan came around, I was really excited because I, like I, I want to see what he's going to pull off the character, but I liked the, the character in general. And with the addition of Wendell Pierce as, um, Greer, his basically the guy, um, that he reports to and Abby Cornish as, um, his love interest slash the doctor who plays a pivotal role later on in the series. Um, I think they were all a pretty, a stellar cast. Um, I liked it. I I liked his portrayal. Um, I liked that he, as he got more serious and got more invested in the things that he was doing to try to protect the country and where the series was headed. He toned down that comedic John office type feel into being a very serious like you know shit's gonna get real need to take care of it kind of thing um but i liked it so much i blew through all eight episodes yesterday
4: so <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
4: mm-hmm.
0: so i got back from the i got back from my bike ride from falling on my back and hit play and just kept watching so and then uh when my wife got back, we went and dealt with the phone thing and I finished up the last episode late. So, okay, Um but it was enough to keep my interest over the thing, and I liked binging, so that was the perfect way to binge. And it was only eight episodes, so they
1: eight hours, eight thirties,
0: forty five fifties. Okay, I don't think they were quite an hour. Okay. Um. As the series as a whole as written, it brought up some good stuff, but the okay, apparently Siri thinks I'm talking to her. (laughs) Um,
1: She said it was okay.
0: It (laughs) wasn't perfect. You know, there was like some of the solutions or some of the way he came up with like, oh, how is this going to be solved? Just kind of like popped up and like there was no real work involved um, in the solution of some of these things. And I didn't like the keep, what they kept doing is they would deal with something in Yemen and then all of a sudden he'd be back at the office and then he'd back back in Yemen and then he'd be back in the office instead of like,
1: but you in that.
0: reality, wouldn't they have probably set up a remote place and he'd be dealing with it there instead of constantly coming back and that just felt like a yo-yo thing. Mm-hmm. And then he would end up in the analyst office and he'd be there for five seconds before somebody would yank him away to go deal with the important stuff and all of his people in the analyst office are looking at him like ooh he's a big important guy now so it's just these weird like moments that are like, I don't know why they scripted it that way but they're making the money not me but I would recommend it
1: okay, Dustin's really excited about watching that one, he keeps saying he wants to see it okay I'm going to go a different direction uh, I watched Match Which is actually the second time I've seen it Um, with Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Sorry. Patrick Stewart. (laughs) You sure it's not Jean-Luc Picard? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That was really funny. Okay. And uh, Carla, is it Gugino? Anyone know? And Matthew Lillard? Lillard? And I'm not really a a huge fan of Matthews, but... (sighs) He, Shaggy. Yeah, that's exactly. That's not where I see him. When from. Kendra walked in, she looked at. it, She's like, "Oh, Shaggy." I was like, "Oh <laughs> God, ugh." But this came out in 2014. Um, I saw it. I've seen. I've actually, I saw it both times on a television, um, and it just stuck with me. His his character, Patrick Stewart, is a Juilliard professor, a professor of, um, he teaches ballet and he is <coughs> kind of, he's asked to do an interview by, uh, the married couple, um, to talk about the scene, the dancing, scene, the, in the 1960s so he's completely like oh sure no problem I don't have a problem talking about that so he they're talking about and getting dissertation they're like have like a microphone and he okay um talks about it and then you realize that that's not exactly why they're there um and it becomes really uncomfortable um and does he I don't like this movie. I'm not liking it. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this because um, they are there because um, – what's his name? I'm so sorry. Matthew, but Matthew's character, believes that, that he is his father. That um, on his mother's deathbed said, you know, you know, who is your father? And she said, go look up Toby Powell. And so they do and he said, "I'm, um, you know, I don't like where this is going because they're asking him very specific questions and then they bring up with his mother and then when they said that she had passed away, he has an emotional like reaction to it, but <sighs> Matthew's character, I'll just call him... Um, his name is Mike. Mike does not do well with this. Mike has an anger issue. He is thrown off the he's like uh, off the force for a little while because he roughed up somebody he wasn't supposed to. Um, and he basically attacks him to get a swab from his mouth to get a DNA test. And it was very aggressive. I mean, it was aggressive. And his wife gets so upset with him that she does not go with him. She stays with him. She stays. With Toby. And then they have this talk. Again, we have dialogue. And the dialogue they have. And the, in one day, this relationship that grows between these two people. And the lines that Toby is given. And how, like he talks about how he um, knits And he shows her his knitted sweaters and he gives her one. And he talks about, you know, just the way he moves, just the way he talks, the way he talks about his life. I kept saying, God, I just want to be his friend. I want to be one of his friends. He's just lovely. He's a lovely man. And he finds out that their relationship, um, her and her husband's relationship is not doing so well and um, when Mike gets back he's still pretty angry and she says she's not going with him you know no we're not, I'm not not doing this and you need to go talk to him and he starts physically like threatening her and um, Toby steps in front and he's like nope you're not going to do this you're not going to do this you know all up into his face so we have this kid who grew up angry because his father deserted him we find out that Toby is really his father even though he passes it on to somebody else we find out that he his the mother called and said I'm having your baby do you want to have a part in this and he said no because I'm about to go on a huge tour and he wanted he wanted to be back he wanted
0: his life he didn't want that
1: he wanted, to be, he wanted his life but he saw this article about his son fencing and he cut out the article and then um found out that they didn't have much much money and so he sent her money for him to go to college which he never found out never found out in the movie either he sent him the money to go to college um and he knew the entire time um uh, what was going on but um I think it's the relationship that he has with the wife, the friendship that they have, and you get so attached to Toby's character because of how lovely he is and how he teaches her how to let things go, and he teaches her like a you know a ballet move and how um, um, how to kind of. Let it all go. That's how he starts his class. And he tells her this quote that Dustin and I were, he said, you know, um," she said, do you have any regrets? He said, I love my life and I I regret my life. The lines eventually blur. It's just my life. Which I feel like all of us can identify with. I would absolutely recommend this. It came out in 2014. Um, If you like dialogue, if you really like John Wickard, no. Patrick Stewart. It seemed like a play to me.
3: It was based on a play.
1: Thank you. Okay. Because I was like, this is a... Stephen Belber. This is very much a play.
3: Very dialogue heavy. Adapted his own play to the screen.
1: It's so lovely. So, yeah. Watch it. I believe I watched it. I think I rented it again on Amazon. But it's definitely worth it. So if
3: so, you don't like Matt Lillard or you don't know his previous work? Which one is it?
1: I... Because
3: Shaggy is just ruining him for you.
1: What other work has he been in? Uh, Salt Lake.
0: I know what you did last summer. Nope, nope. Uh,
3: those aren't kind
1: of... I'm,
3: okay. Nope. Salt, uh, Salt Lake City Punk is nope. the first time I encountered Matt Willard. Adam Pascal was in that with him. And then there's also Descendants, which came out a few years ago with um, George Clooney, where he plays the other half of his, the wife's partner. So, the, the Okay,
1: story. I saw the Descendants, but I didn't. He was in it. Or in, Descendants.
3: Whatever. Yeah, but um, But yeah, Salt Lake City Punk and Descendants are my two go-to Matt Willard film roles. I'm just not a fan. Then watch Descendants and look for him.
1: No, I have seen it. Mm-hmm.
3: You just don't like his presentation? It's I don't know. It's been actually
1: a long time. I could watch it again for you if you like.
3: Cool. Um, but yeah, uh, Match is based on the play. Steven Belber is a co-writer of The Laramie Project, which came out in 2001 by the ah. Tectonic Theater in New York City. Okay. Um, And uh, that's when I first encountered Steven's writing. Well, okay. some of his writing. Plays. So you've read Match? Yes.
1: Of course. Yeah. Did you see the movie? Yes. Did you like it? Yes.
3: Yeah. I think Patrick Stewart is branching out from Picard for a reason, which is nice. Nice seeing him not playing Professor and Captain. Seeing him play—he's also in a um, yeah. Anton Yelchin. But but he is going back. To he's going Picard. back to it. <laughs> but he. branched <laughs> out. I don't
1: think he did the part perfectly.
3: He played. He's also in a film, Anton Yelchin film called Green Room, where he's playing it. a white supremacist, which I like Patrick doing other things besides playing his iconic roles. Yeah. So, um, but yes. He's a good actor and he's good in this. And the whole nail thing was kind of creepy, gross,
1: but it oh worked. Well. I yeah. wasn't going to bring that one up. <laughs> yeah. I can discover that one on their own. Yeah. But yeah, there we go. Great play,
3: though.
0: And in follow up, no, it wasn't sitting around for eight hours. I think I had done like three or four from the night before. Okay. So I was just figuring out that timing. Like, yeah, I think I was sitting there. All right. We will be right back after this short break. <laughs> For you, the listeners of the Cultural Stew podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. What have you read lately?
1: I finished up uh, my first James Patterson book. Um, it looks like he wrote, he wrote it with David Ellis. Uh, it's called Invisible, but it's narrated by um, this cool name. Sorry. January Lavoie. That's cool. And Kevin? And Kevin. Um, I, I <laughs> could, could not get his last name. Because I couldn't get his last name. I'm sorry, Kevin. I could look it up for you, but it's Kevin somebody, and he does a great job, too. I'm sorry. But every time he spoke, it reminded me of the, the guy. He, he is one of the guys that was in Lost, kind of weirdo. So is it guy, a male, male and female
0: narration? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: My first Gene Patterson book, and I. That's interesting. I, could, I haven't
0: listened to many that have a dual narration.
1: Mm, oh. I have. Uh Audible does a lot of things like that. And they have their own studio and so they do a lot of narrations and then they have a lot like tons of people doing them, famous people, and they mm-hmm. will recreate. So they do a lot of stuff like that. Currently I am listening to Mr. Penumbra's twenty four hour bookstore a Novel by Robin Sloan, and it's narrated by Ari Flacos. Flacos. I love it so far, I'm really liking it. And um,
0: what drew your attention to that one?
1: Um, Because the narrator was um, narrator of the year. So it's kind of cool.
0: That's a solid well, the, one right there. Yeah.
1: And so I was kind of interested in kind of the stuff that was being. Narrated And uh, I I always read what other people write and the stars and stuff. And uh, yeah, so I really have enjoyed my last two books. Um, I I will say the James Patterson book kept me hooked, except I figured it out long before they did. And I thought, I'm not an FBI agent. So why did I figure this out before you?
0: Were you given information before they were? No, I was
1: not. So I thought, okay, 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 okay. You know what
0: that just means. That means you need to write more.
1: Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Well,
0: where where can can we find out more about these Audible books?
1: Well, you can go to audibletrial.com slash cultural stew and get your free month. And enjoy all of these books. And they have sales all the time. And you have your daily deals every day that are different obviously different books every day and some of them are really awesome and then they have channels that you can go to and some of them have books already on there and suspense and all different types of channels that you can go to so it's really I love I love it I love Audible so audibletrial.com slash cultural stew go do it you won't regret it
0: do it all right and welcome back. Today, Stu is presented by...
1: Valerie. Um, so, this ought to be an interesting discussion, I hope. So, the Bechdel test is something that a lot of people had not heard of. Why are you giving that look?
3: I'm listening, sorry.
1: Sorry. And Alison Beckdell, uh, who did Fun Home on Broadway. She wrote Fun Home. Oh,
0: okay, so that's where this comes from.
1: I know what that is. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote me up. And um so she came up with the Bechdel test oh. that because of the lack of females being portrayed in movies probably with brains. But so the backtail test is number 1. Does it have a female? Or two? Or two. Sorry. Losianto. Does it have more than one? Number 2 is do these females actually talk to one another? And 3 is do they talk to one another about something other than men or the male that's in the movie or like something else that has to do with themselves? And I had watched Tully because I'd wanted to see it for a while and it passes and some people are like, well, how does that pass? Now there, if you want to see Tully, you should stop listening now because we're going basically going to ruin it for you. And if you really want to see it, just stop listening. But or t- hit pause or we'll watch it and then come back and then come back.
0: <laughs> it's only 95 minutes.
1: It is. I put that on there. I put that on there for a point. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I watched it and I was bothered by it.
0: Before we dig into Tolly, give me some examples of other things that you've seen that do pass the Bechdel test or things that don't, even though they appear on the surface to be. Is
2: Excellent. it just for uh, movies, or is it also other media?
3: They have it for theater, too. Okay. Um,
2: well,
4: in different, I've um, only heard it in the context of films. Films. film
0: okay. or TV.
1: So, actually, if you want, you can go to com and look On it up yourself. Listing. So, they have listings, and you can <clears throat> put up, a, um, and then all the movies that don't. A Quiet Place, urn, doesn't... Um, Annihilation does, Ant Man and Wasp does pass, Uh, Avengers. I'm just kind of doing the ones that you guys might know. Avengers passes, Black Panther passes, Uh, Deadpool does not.
3: Shocker, Um.
1: but Game Night does. Um, So there's a lot of The Incredibles does, I Love Dogs does. Jurassic World does passes for you, but um, you can really like, yeah, I think
3: that you do look at that, that must it be like see. a
0: really narrow scene, right? I know they, I know they marked Jurassic Park as passing and it was mainly because Ellie and what's her name had like one line that they said to each other. That's all it takes. That was it.
3: It should be more than that, but um,
0: it's yeah, it a very, can very narrow, like, at this least it was in passes, there. And, yeah,
1: some of them don't even <clears> have them in there. Ocean's eight, of course. Can I step in?
3: Yeah. Um. So here's the thing. Coming from a writer standpoint, I always try to include, you know, uh, names for my female characters too. So it's Bestial Test 2.0. The, I want my women to have names so we know who I'm talking about and they stand out. Um. I actually last time I we mentioned this, I said I would have two. So I did have Ghost World, which did pass the test, and I also had A League of Their Own, which had Gina Davis in mm-hmm. it. Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, and Tom Hanks, to and that. our very own Bill Pullman. Um, so, yeah. I mean, my thing about the test is that I wish you'd be a little bit more specific because they can talk about anything. And, and my finding of this in reading screenplays and reading plays is that usually even like Wonder Woman, for example, the women are not talking about men, but they're talking about combat or war, that kind of thing. And I, and leave it their own, it's baseball. So...
1: Which I'm not saying that? they
3: can't talk about baseball, but I want them to talk about something that's. Do yeah, you?
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with yeah, that. Just I just
1: for I put men down to watch. A, do you Say again for men to watch them? Do you? No, because I just want. But for most men,
3: relatable. I think there was
0: yeah. there was an interesting thing. So exactly. I have a couple that I listed on there as mine, and one of the ones that popped out to me was, and it popped out because I was the character um, that's in holy totally. I was, cause she's in Halt and Catch Fire. And one of the things that's intrigued me about Halt and Catch Fire is like season one, it dealt with the, the quasi like Steve Jobs, Wozniak type relationship. And when it moved into season two, it started focusing on uh, Cameron and Donna and uh, Cameron is Mackenzie Davis. And I looked at this thing as a whole. I'm just like, it is in its own way, it's a, an extension of the Bechdel um, test in that why why do most of these things that pass the Bechdel test revolve around, oh, they're talking about credit cards or shopping or like these things that are like... Agreed. I don't know if you necessarily pigeonhole them as like stereotypical stuff that people would think, oh, this is what women talk about right. all the time. Whereas the character, you know, the character was bringing out a great point about how the development of the halt and catch fire into season three became about Donna and Cameron, these two very smart, bright women that just took control of their lives in the eighties and nineties, where it was not accepted of women taking this much control and saying basically an fu to the whole man system and putting themselves up there, and so. There's lots of like interactions that, in itself, the series passes as a Bechdel test. But I think as the, as the whole, I think *Halt and Catch Fire* is more of an extension of like, this is what, this should lead to. It should lead to these powerful roles for for women just to take a series and just turn it on its end and say, these are smart characters. They're written from the ground up. They're not just talking about dumb shit that make no difference. They're people that are talking about structuring the way the economy goes or the way technological influences in the future happen.
1: Um, When I was uh, my freshman year in college, my mother taped a Lifetime movie for me called Chantilly Lace. Mm -hmm. And when I watched that, it literally changed a lot of things for me. That movie... A lot of it actually was uh, improv, but um, it was all women. And the man that does come in, does not have a face. <laughs> um, and Linda Yellen read it. Um, she was the director and she. This movie has Helen Slater, Ali Sheedy, Jo Beth Williams, Martha Plumpton. Sorry, I can't read from that far. Taylor Shire um, and two more, which I'm trying to get. I'm sorry. Um, come on for me. Why aren't you working for me? Oh, uh, Mary Kay Place and one more. Anyway, I had ordered the movie on VHS. I own it on VHS and – I love the movie because it's all about women. It's women talking about women. It's women talking about – oh, you know the other woman that I didn't really know. Uh, I can think of it. Was Tagla Shire I, or Talia. Talia Shire. I'm sorry. I didn't – I hadn't seen her before this movie. Um, and Martha Plimpton and Ali Sheedy are having a relationship. And Ali Sheedy's sister is Jill Beth Williams. It's perfect – And she's having a hard time telling her – she's her little sister um, and she's having a hard time telling her big sister that – and then we have – there's a lot of different things going on and it shows women getting emotional, women getting mad, women getting so mad that they're crying, women saying, why are you okay with this? Like freaking out like we do. Because we're passionate about stuff and because we can get loud about things that have nothing to do with men at all, that have to do with, you know, loss. And, you know, um, they show a lot of weepy, weepy women. And that's why I kind of like Sally Field's part in Still Magnolia's when she turns around and she gets angry.
2: Oh, my favorite. Now you're speaking my own no, language. No,
1: she's getting angry and saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I could run, you know, marry them, but my my daughter can't. She's never good. See so here it goes. Here we go. Anyway, so um, there there's so many things, uh there's so many women that are misrepresented. I asked Kendra today. So, are there any superheroes that aren't good looking? Are there any plain ones or some that are played by plane? She's like, well, yeah, well, Deadpool. He wears a mask and he thinks that somebody's not going to love him because of the way he looks, which a woman at the end is the one that brings him to the point where, um, no, that's not true. But she also brought up a another, sorry for the pages, people, but I'm a right, I'm a paper person. She brought up another. Um there's a oh she wrote she texted to text me.
3: Nightcrawler had that problem too, I think. Nightcrawler there, spawn. Yeah.
1: There's also a um movie that's supposed to be done and um about it's called Faith. And she is an overweight I'm putting quotations up, an overweight uh Superhero? Wrapped
4: around your cord. Oh, oh, I'm
1: sorry. Can we hear you? Are you in there? Um anyway, so that that leads us into Tully. Um now Tully does have a scene in a coffee shop after she gets berated by another woman who women always feel like they can berate other women who are pregnant. Um, as she's getting a decaf, and she's like, "You shouldn't be doing this." Blah blah blah. She sits down, and Violet, who was a woman from her past, actually her ex girlfriend, um, which we don't understand at the time. They talk.
0: Yeah, I got that vibe as from that scene. Yeah. I was like, "Well, okay."
1: Um, I didn't. I didn't quite understand what was going on. I was, you know, I, I, slow I, to It was through. her ah.
0: look to the belly, like she was surprised that she had a child.
4: Right.
1: Oh.
0: That, that was what got me. It was like her eyes went down on more than one occasion with a quizzical look kind of thing. Okay. But yeah, back to that whole like the women, you know, the caffeine decaf thing. i was like how many times I've heard that like people say that during when my wife was pregnant, like stupid little stuff. I'm like your business. It's none of your business. Mind your own shit. Why? I, I why why do people need to do they that? People about it.
1: People will put their hands on your body mm-hmm. that you that don't was know.
0: The I'm like, why? Why would you
1: do that? It's called wrist snaps. For I me. got so so when I was pregnant, I uh, especially with Zoe, my first, I didn't show till six months or so, and then I was little. She was just like a little bump, like a little basketball, and I was berated by women because they thought I was anorexic and that I was trying to be small. I had a hard time. I didn't want to get big. And I said, no, I'm eating healthy. I'm eating what I'm supposed to do. Same thing with Harper. I, it's just every woman is different. Mm-hmm. Every body is different. Every single way that every birth is different. Um,
2: People just want to have something to say. That's all. I mean, they'll say it if somebody's big, they're small, they're nursing, they're not nursing. There's always something. And it's hard. So it's women hard. are the superheroes that we need to be
1: talking about, okay? So it I was talking about. <laughs> Toby is a superhero. I said there's a superhero. <laughs> yeah. So they get this night nurse. Uh, her brother gives her, and she makes this joke about the hand rocks cradle. And I don't want somebody raising my child. And he's just saying, you know, I just... I miss my sister and you're, you're exhausted and this is just so that you can get some sleep and she has a younger child who is quirky, another, I'm, you can't see me, but my, I'm doing little quotations, quirky Peticles. and the school can't handle him and so they say. The
0: private school can't handle him.
1: They decide, right. they are going to. He needs
2: to, a helper all to himself
1: or whatever
3: I whatever. have so many things to say I'm going to wait till you finish and I'll tackle this when you finish so
1: um, and so she is you know here she is with all the stuff and then she's sitting there and her husband comes in and he says oh frozen pizza again mm-hmm. I, I, I,
2: so basically see? it was really a good depiction of most people's lives who have more than two kids
1: <laughs> and, and not all, you know, I'm not, I'm talking about the woman part. I am not talking about the husband part because my husband was getting up and helping and um, there's a night nurse who her husband does not meet. She comes up and says the night nurse is downstairs and he's up playing video games. There is no way in hell that my husband would not go down and meet, right? Or pre meet
0: somebody that just walked in your so house. It's at 10 very unrealistic.
1: At night. To take it's very care. unrealistic. Not for everyone.
2: Mm. Probably there. I think that there some, was a hint. I, about I shared the some plot, of my concerns
0: with her this morning yeah. about there are parts of this movie that turned me off because of it not being true, relatable, yeah. or in a way to me. And the first thing that got me was. You know, you're sending your kids to private school. I've never had that experience. And I have uh, – both of my children have uh, a form of um, – Scrub. It's with their eyes. It's al- albinism. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's different forms of it. And so we've always had to deal with my children being something special. that They've had to right. have special treatment with the, with the school. And it's always something we've dealt with. In person with the teachers. Right. And their whole, the schools pushing off thing and pushing it back onto the parents rubbed me the wrong way, not only because private school, but then we started talking about, you know, her rich brother and then bringing him paying for their night nurse. It just got me into a, like.
2: You can't identify. It just took me out of the
0: way of, like, I'm not identifying with this film at all because you're taking, you're not. You're taking it from the average person into a heightened, into I don't know consider there's a rich t- sphere right, or relatable. somebody who has money. Yeah. But you're putting it into a sphere of.
1: But there's tons of them. These that people do that. that didn't. Yeah. And
0: it's not the point. I've never heard of a night nurse before. I've never heard of that. That's
2: very unrealistic. I can talk to that because I know that there's doulas, postpartum doulas that are not typically staying overnight. So that was uh, that was. I feel like those were clues that it was not meant to be taken literally, like a night nurse. Um, So I took that as a clue to the plot. It just rubbed
0: me as a as a wrong way. It was like, okay, they have a couple children. Mm -hmm. They should be used to the cycle by now. I, I, you know, Except I,
1: that her I son takes yeah. it out of her. I mean, the son... Oh, oh.
2: And I identified with that. First of all, my son's name is Jonah. Second of all, he had the same exact situation, so when she did that monologue and told that teacher off, Friends, I was like, that's my next audition monologue. It was awesome. So I think it depends on your background. We have kids with special needs as well, so I get what you're saying, but I think that for many of the women that I take care of, motherhood is going to be different for everyone. It was not a male-centric movie. You're correct.
0: No, so, no, that's not what I was going after. Yeah. It was more when they switched into the night nurse thing. It always all of a sudden it became a this is unrelatable Surreal. to me because right. when we had issues with our children or with our marriage, it became something that we handled. Right. We didn't all of a sudden outsource it to somebody yeah, that else. Yeah, was crazy. To take care I, of. Yeah. So it took me out of this. All of a sudden. Okay, it was relatable at you one had, point, yeah. e- to now But it was none. her
2: story. It was the story of this woman. So, like, there's doulas that are mad that doulas were portrayed that way. And if you look at all the blogs, it drives you crazy because it's like, it's not about you. It's about this woman's experience, and it was an art piece, when if I, you look at it like that, to me.
1: Six months after I had, uh, I believe it was Zoe, or Harper, I can't remember which one six months, I remember, uh, I would put my feet down on the ground and it felt like I was stepping on glass I couldn't figure out why. And then all at once, my hands, I couldn't grip my hands and it felt like they were full of arthritis. Now I had a hip replacement because of arthritis. So I thought I have arthritis, I guess. And so it got so bad that I said, okay, I guess I'm going to go to the doctor They tested me. You don't have arthritis. What? Then what is it? You know, and tell me about your life. What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. Do you ever leave the house? Do you ever do anything else besides take care of your children? Do you have a life outside? Do you have any hobbies? Do you have this? Do you have that? No. Did you before? Yes. Did you write? You know, like, because I told him I wrote, are you writing? No, I'm not doing anything. It was stress manifesting itself physically, mm-hmm. and they said, okay, I i guess maybe it was Zoe, because after a year or so, we got a babysitter to go on date nights, like just to even start there, and I had, um, then I realized not everybody can do that. I know that. right? I understand that, and... I have a um, fantastic girl that has been helping me for three years and she comes. She came like twice a week and for like three hours hours at a time so that I would get out of the house and do something and I realized again that that is not realistic to most people. Um, However, for me, I struggle with lots of different... (laughs)
2: Quirkinesses. Quirkinesses.
1: (laughs) Um, As we all do. And it helped me a lot. Um, So when the night nurse came, which I didn't know wasn't a thing because I don't know. When she came and Mackenzie's character, Mackenzie, give me her name. Mackenzie Davis. Yeah, Mackenzie Davis came in. Honestly, when she came in and she started talking and I felt this huge relief like and then it was
2: beautiful i thought it was really beautiful just
1: like oh my gosh and then she said you can go to sleep i'll bring her up when it's time to nurse i thought wow she gets to sleep she gets to be a human being she i mean because you become you kind of become crazy i mean you Do a little bit like Some people do. Some Some people do. So everybody's got a different experience that they're coming (laughs) in with, and as did
2: I. But um,
1: yeah. So to me, I understood that I need sleep. I'm somebody that needs sleep. So I was like, gosh, that's really nice. And so then they became these friends, and I thought, gosh. With you going to bed and your husband's playing video games all night and he's not (laughs) relating to you, man, I could think to myself, I could just live with a night nurse and get rid of my husband (laughs) Um, because she was so lovely and they were having these conversations. And then all at once we had this strange situation where she's putting on the waitress uniform and (laughs) goes up and seduces her husband, which he looks – are you sure – like, it was very strange that that happened. It was odd. So then you're thinking, Tully's weird. Something's going on with Tully. See,
2: I knew already, and I watched it as that, and I loved it. And I suggest people who are offended by it to know what the plot is and how it turns out and then watch it again as an art piece of her talking and relating with her younger self and her younger self as her life preserver yeah. through a very, very rough patch of postpartum. So we don't,
0: we don't shy away from spoilers here. So no. spoiler alert, the night nurse is not real and this is all in.
2: It's her. It's her at it's a younger her. age, at a younger which age. is beautiful.
0: And this is where we had a nice little discussion online this morning. Um, I turned the movie off about, I thought I it was 15, 20 minutes into it. It was actually about 45 minutes into because it. Because
1: when you said, yeah.
0: Um, it was, I it was at the point when the, the f- night nurse first came in and Because I had seen the the frozen pizza scene, and I that was what I think just kicked it off for me is like, who the who talks to their wife like that after they've had just had a baby and she's home all day with them and just like oh frozen pizza again (laughs) right I'm like that wasn't my experience with my wife of course and it's not been like I don't see that in the people that I know. I'm like, yeah, it mm-hmm. exists out there. It
2: exists. It exists. But it exists. It was
0: that and then the night nurse came in and I'm just like, you know what? I this movie's lost me. Yeah. I have no interest. And the only reason I went back to finish it up is because Valerie got pissed at me. Good. <laughs> and I see it as the yes, as the okay, this is a woman who's slightly losing her mind mental stability based off of what has happened. And it might've been something that's been there before because of what she's been dealing with, trying to deal with her
1: son. And he didn't see, he didn't know that the nanny wasn't a nanny. Yeah.
2: Okay. I, that's why I was like, so, that yeah, is I why you need it. to watch it because you need to, to watch the, the whole the thing Annie. as a an entire piece, piece of, art and to women and to as to me who I've had five kids okay and I've had all different kinds of births and all different kinds of I've had a birth in every 10 years of my life so 80s 90s 2000s and 2010s okay I thought parts of it were very realistic and people need to talk about it this movie was a good conversation starter about just maternal and women in general we need to talk about portraying mothers as real mothers. And I was very, very, it was very uh, validating for me that, yes, I've been in that situation. I know what she's talking about. I've had that voice in my head of my younger self talking to me about, don't you want to go to Manhattan and audition? And I'm there nursing. So you haven't walked the walk, I get it, but it definitely struck a chord. And I know the women I work with, there's many women who have a great time at first time motherhood or second time motherhood or fifth time motherhood. Um, but I think it's a spectrum and it's all different experiences. And these experiences need to keep on coming, just like your test yeah. shows. I mean, we're
1: underrepresented in the media. And I feel like with this, um, we had, there were a lot of uh, people that get upset with this because postpartum versus eh both the labels uh, The psych- psychosis which um she never labeled in right. the movie and she was highly functional she, she did what she labeled. had
2: to do she was highly functional the only thing that wasn't functional was the last scene when she got in the accident <laughs> said, which bothered me but when
1: he said when he said and she left the children right what did he say? He left the children. She, he she's never like this. She's never left the children and what unattended. Did you, and where were Untended. you? Yeah. And where were you? Oh, well, I was home. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. It's like oh the yeah. guys she has that a say a am Babysitting. That drives me nuts. <laughs> yep. But when um, they talk about, they're fighting over this, and then there are the women. They're like, this movie. They should have come with a warning label Uh, saying that this could trigger you into having postmortem or postpartum or postpartum and postpartum psychos. And I thought to myself, how many war movies, like when you see the trailer, you know what's going on here. How many war movies say this might trigger PTSD for you? Right. This might trigger, you know, (sighs) come on. It's not the film industry's responsibility
2: to portray this kind of a it's postpartum condition,
1: read why it's sleep R.
2: deprivation, whatever it is, as a reality. It's not that's not the film industry's responsibility. Look at all the shows that you've seen that have difficult things to deal with, and they're not. You don't have to accurately pers- portray it or portray it that it's everyone's individual experience. Correct. It has to be just taken for what it is, and it it's just a sounding board, and it's a discussion
1: starter with, with me I, it bothered me not because it parts of it reminded me of me right it bothered me because it, parts of it reminded me of, of close people to me yeah and I just sat there like oh shit yeah I don't know I so
0: you have a level of resonation that I don't have right. with the film sure because my experience through this there was nothing that was relatable I right. mean the the but points that the, uh, the points of our pregnancy that were the worst was actually during the pregnancy. Right. Like we didn't have this and at least it wasn't visible to me or to my wife and we never really had that experience. So when I went to go watch the movie that
2: you didn't have anything to latch on to. So to the, reason, I, the <laughs>
0: reason part of the discussion I got into earlier is my films for me are an escapism and mm-hmm. this wasn't an escapism no. for me. This was a here watch somebody's life unfold and
1: you watch dunkirk but women like that women like, a, you didn't fly a plane you weren't in the war that's escapism
2: yeah guys but have you different reasons about
1: what it was like to be there and what those deaths were like and what those men were going but through but he's interested this in that. Is, <laughs> he's but this. he's not interested is, in this but he is raising girls how do you know that they're children right. and if it they're isn't not going you. to have a problem with this at some point in their life or Females in general, I feel like men need to learn a little bit more about females in general. I go watch movies all the time about things that I... Will never deal with. I have never. To be honest with you, I
2: agree with you. I wouldn't watch something. I wouldn't watch a war movie for exactly the same reasons. So as a midwife, I was interested in this because I work with women from ages 10 to 100. I take care of women throughout their lifespan. And this is a huge issue for our women that I take care of. Have you ever
1: watched a movie about the Holocaust?
2: I would watch that.
1: Okay. Why? Because Because I have
2: empathy. This is a beautiful empathy movie. This is an empathy movie for women. It's about who have experienced this.
0: So when I, when we talk about like war movies and and Holocaust movies, for me that's it broaches escapism versus learning history or learning it through a different view.
2: But that but is, this is learning it from a different view too. Mm-hmm. Birth happens every day. Yes, mm,
0: I know. But I was just answering what you were just saying like why you the escapism war is not escapism you're learning about something because it's more of history to me. This this is something different for me. I'm just
1: I'm okay. stating also, that wrong this is that. why
0: it wasn't relatable to me. This but is I'm, not a movie that I would have continued watching.
1: Superman or Got Spider-Man, it. they're not relatable. Right. Or, Everybody are, has different that's tastes. That's where I say that's
0: <laughs> escapism for me.
1: Right. And
2: guys do I go to the that. movies
0: to escape, yeah. not to be thrown into a family relationship. Yeah.
2: Women You've, watch movies for this reason all the time.
1: So you found Dunkirk as, a, as an escape. Thus, soap operas in the old days. A learning <laughs> But this is lying.
0: He really doesn't like. Her.
2: But we watched it, so let's just continue the conversation. So, um, and okay. okay. So you're
0: viewing it as 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 learning your history. I'm viewing it as walking into somebody's family drama.
2: And humanizing uh, childbearing. I I love that. It's human. It reflects
0: on the way that you also how you like your movies. You like dialogue. You, need you to watch like plays, plays that women. are delve into family.
4: Emotions and emotions. emotions. Yep. But it also
1: deals with birth and
2: raising children and having babies. Which is highly babies. passionate for us, but not for everyone.
1: It's true. But I wouldn't so talk about this house, with, it's a, a, with it's everybody. It's a husband in the house. I mean, how can you not relate to it if you're in the house raising the child? You're supposed to be raising them together. The fact that He's not knowing because he's playing video games and she's downstairs with the babies.
0: We relate to it in a different way, just like you going through a menstrual sentence. It's happening to you personally. Right. We're on the outside looking in.
1: Let me tell you, if there was a movie (laughs) that described the stress that my husband goes through when he is, he was, you know, in California all week. He barely had any sleep, four hours, and then he didn't have any sleep on this. And he's trying to get these slides together. He's trying to get all the stuff together because he has this new job and he has so much stress on him. And if there was a movie that made that relatable, like so that I could watch it, yeah, and I could understand every single thing, because Jason's not going to tell me everything. All I know is that he got no sleep and his stress, and he's not going to tell me everything. But if there was a movie out there that I knew of. I would watch it so that I could understand, right? But
3: company yeah. man with Ben Affleck uh, Tommy Lee Jones and uh there's I, someone else in I here. saw that. It's depressing, but uh Anyway,
1: uh, I don't mean to get so
2: All these fired movies up. are uncomfortable and that's okay. Like I think our culture needs to be better about discomfort when it comes to the portrayal of a mother. Like it's not what you want to see, but it's needs to be said. Like the, like the breasts. Yeah.
1: The breasts becoming full and it totally, hurts hurt totally so normal. hell. And they're like, oh, my God. I mean, Kendra was they there like, what is happening? I said, her breasts are full and it hurts like hell. And she has to let down somehow. And she's in a bar and she doesn't know what to do. And she's in there trying to get that taken care of. And how she had no idea. She's never seen a movie with it in there. But how many movies has she seen with guys getting kicked in the balls right i have no <laughs> idea what that feels like getting kicked in the balls but we have seen it over and over and over to the point where we understand that we're like every like, you know every time somebody does it i am like oh god like to me because i realize that that must hurt like hell because they talk about what it feels like but they don't talk about this much
2: well
3: I want to try to say what I want to say say very quickly. Um, So my take on this is from a writing standpoint. So I like Diablo's style writing. Mm -hmm. It's refreshing. It's new, exciting. But some of the choices she made, I felt like I was watching a movie that should have been made in the 80s. Like it was one of those, uh, the 80s for me were films that were topical. So a lot of films back in that era were, what do you call those? Like Tootsie and they're like social films. Films Mm -hmm. talk about social problems. Mm -hmm. So... Watching this film in this day and age, the husband being the lazy bum that he was, I'm like, there's no way that would happen this day and age. Bullshit. I mean, it, it still yeah, happens, it but does. generally that though,
1: that's bullshit.
3: I'm thinking to myself, like, why would this be because happening in this it's, it's not you. It's not you. Because because I know it's not lot, me, but still, people. I'm thinking to myself, in this day and age, I don't. It happens, but that's just so awkward. It took me. That took me out of the film, and then the brushing. I do that with my students all the time. The brushing. Yeah. yeah. So. Seeing that and then them not saying, saying Oh, your son's quirky. I'm like, okay, first of all, again, we're in an era now where we can label that as autism or on the spectrum or get we can labels are not always good, but being so vague about it. I guess they wanted to have a conversation, but in the eighties you can get away with that. It was okay because we didn't really know that much about it. And honestly, I'd rather it've been the daughter having autism and not the son. Because women are not underrepresented in autism, but that's a totally different thing I'm gonna talk about <laughs> later. But them not the son's quirky, he has issues, and, like, can we label him? Why are we not I being? think it was the
2: idea of the turmoil that yeah. she suffered in her daily life. It so, wasn't supposed to be taken literally. Again, but
3: yeah. I'm about being, you know... Okay. When I first heard about the film before I read the screenplay, I wanted a... I like films like this to be more grounded reality. So, yeah. again, the whole Night Nurse thing, I that's fine, that's great, but, again, I saw it coming that was going to be her. I kind of figured it out in the beginning, you know, but it's just it didn't feel real to me. I felt like I was just watching something, just a, I don't want it to sound rude, but just a social story to help us talk about something. Like, this, the whole point of the movie just gets talking and they had Charlie Stern in it and Reitman was directing it and Cody wrote it and I wanted more. So, again, these little mini episodes of her struggles, it's fine. My wife has gone through those moments too and I know other women and wives and mothers who do the same thing, but at the end of the day, I always tell my wife, you are my wife. Yes, you are a mother too, but you're also a person and you have things you can do. You have hobbies. You have things you can do. So you are a mother. You are my wife. But what else are you? My wife's a photographer. so you are a photographer. You are a secretary. You have other things going on in your life besides just being a mom. So don't limit yourself a mom to that.
2: in itself is okay. It is. Okay. I mean, that but needs to be said too. It moms need make- to
3: find other things to be, I, again, labels are not always good, but don't pigeonhole you yourself in that label of just being a mom because there are right, other things right. that you can be besides that. You are a mom, yes, but let's not get yourself so stuck in that mode that when someone says, oh, what do you do? Oh, or how are you? And you're talking about your kids, but they're saying, "No, how are you? Not right. your kids. And I always tell my wife, I don't want you stuck in that mindset. Right, so, she
2: loses touch with herself, but she's sleep deprived
3: Deprived
2: yeah. and she's depressed. Yeah. Okay, my husband is a psychiatrist, so he watched it with me, yeah. and it was really interesting to get his perspective and as a guy yeah. um, and as a psychiatrist. And um, first of all, it's not an accurate description right. of what postpartum psychosis would really look like because she was highly functional. Um, and I think it's just meant to be, like you said, a social portrayal of a human. Have you seen Next to Normal? You could really compare this to the yes. musical Next to Normal. It was very much of the same uh, twist, if right. you will. Okay,
3: which I well, mean, it
2: was that woman's uh, experience.
3: Was well, so another thing too is that so we have a beautiful mind talking about right. schizophrenia, which exactly was I say entertained, but not in the whole ha 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 entertained, but it still had a story to tell. But we sure. still learned about. Schizophrenia. While well, yeah. the story I felt we're just talking and slamming us with postpartum depression, and except that they song. didn't name that, they didn't but it's name it real. But, but it's, it's real. And it, yeah. and it exists a but lot. See what I mean? Is that there's a difference between entertaining us or enlightening us versus just really enlightening us and not entertaining us? I was not entertained. I agree. Right? Because you didn't. Yeah.
1: Everything that I read had nothing. They never talked about the sun ever. Who Who
0: wrote the story?
3: Diablo Cody.
1: Who
0: Diablo
3: <laughs> Juno, this writer. The Juno young adult.
1: and young adult. This is female the triple. Or male? O. Female. Diablo Cody, yeah, this is their their little triplet, their little three D thing right. trilogy, and they didn't talk about the sun. I wanted more about the sun, and I also, when the doctor came out, I wanted more. I that is exactly right. I did want more, and I felt like. That was a disservice. Can we have some more here? Can we have a little bit yeah. more to talk about? Just a but that is an
2: after-school special, ladies. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's know, okay. There's a balance. There's an art uh, yeah, form of balancing. I liked. It. I liked the way it kind of was vague at the end, and and she had to go back to life because I, that's reality for a lot of people. And I think you know she had an awakening where she said to the, you know, Tully comes into the hospital room and she says, "You know, I have to leave you now." And she goes, "I know." So it wasn't a Huge hallucination where she didn't really know and she lost complete touch of reality, in my opinion. Um, Because I don't think someone like In A Beautiful Mind, who is very disabled with all that going on, it was a totally different person portrayed. With I'm
3: just going to put it out there. My favorite part of the whole film, and it's not saying I – but my favorite part of the whole film right. was the end. Not saying that I wanted the end, but I'm saying <laughs> that the end when she's c- cooking, making the meals, and they're listening to music, and then he takes it. Her phone, and that's my favorite part of the whole film. That
1: I did love that, too. It goes back to yeah. you got to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So
3: that's all I have to say. But
1: that's the only time when I saw him actually do something because right. he was scared. So. I will say that I appreciate that the men on this podcast cannot... Yes. Fathom that there are men out there that are like that because you weren't like that. I can
3: fathom it. I just don't.
1: We're glad that you see a good that guys. being realistic. So <laughs> no, is, I'm not, I'm not
0: perfect. I don't do good stuff all the time. It's just
1: no, but it was just the
0: stuff that I so saw. Oblivious. It took me out of the movie very quickly to the point that I expressed that frustration. I understand. So okay. Last thing that I felt was just I don't know if it was could have been written differently or what. My
3: thing is, here's the last thing I'm going to say. Last, last, last thing. I don't know if he was intentionally being obtuse or if he just was not aware. I don't know which one it was, but to me, that took me out of it, him being that oblivious. Hmm. That oblivious to me. I said, there is no way seeing what your wife's doing, seeing the look at, Uh. not making eye contact with her. I mean, how, so either he was not really focusing on her. Didn't know she was in bed all
2: night. He's working all day, though. I mean, my husband with me after my babies, he's a psychiatrist, okay? And I was suffering and I love him. But he did not get it. He did not say, can we help you? I had to go get that help on my own. So I think women silently suffer because they want to be perfect and they want to be the mother of the year and they want to be Wonder Woman. It's just really hard. There's a lot of expectations put on uh, mothers. So I think it was something that needed to be said, at least.
1: Okay. da.
4: You just to finish with
1: an okay. No, I, was, I, I was just, there's too much I could say on that. I had written something where I said, I wish that there was a film that showed, you know, because I, I have Jason's side of life, which he is going through hell this week. And my side, I wasn't going through hell. But I'm just saying, let's say I had given birth and was tired and exhausted and all this stuff, and I was going through hell. And we always talk about the fact that you don't know what's going on in my life. Right. And they're so different, but they're each hard lives. Yes. And it he honors goes, that. It yep. goes through a hard life. His life isn't that hard. this guy. But what I'm just saying is.
0: I'm, I'm curious if there is a script version of this that dealt with a little bit more of their relationship deteriorating that might have landed differently. I'll look it up.
1: I don't know.
0: Of them dealing with these, the already having two kids and now having a third. It was an accident
2: you mentioned in the movie. Uh, It was an accidental pregnancy.
0: Yeah. I mean, their relationship the whole time, you know, they're Mm -hmm. constantly not paying attention to each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was saying something to her at the gas station and she was just staring off into space.
4: Yeah.
0: You know, but so I'm wondering if maybe that's why it's not, it wasn't landing for me, is just there was not enough. Maybe you know it's ninety-five minutes. Maybe there's character stuff development that was taken out of yeah. this film that, because they wanted to drive home the point of the story of the the postpartum psychosis and and that part that they decided to pull back on. Whatever else was going on, because I felt like at the end of the movie, that resolution into them having the little kitchen moment was a little bit too. Oh, weird. quick! Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think. It it up out too nicely. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: He was scared, yeah. but he still didn't, yeah.
1: And I just. I mean, if
0: they're having that much problem where they weren't talking and seeing each other, I can't see a resolution of them coming back together that quickly. Well, we don't know. If you. uh went slugging him, F, taking the earphone and putting it in his head and slugging him.
1: There's two numbers. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> where I'm going to leave you with. There's going to leave you with two numbers. So postpartum so, uh, support helpline is one 800 944 Four seven seven three, And then the Suicide Hotline in the U.S., uh, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-TALK-T, uh, I was going to spell it, 8255. So you can also go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org slash chat if you want to talk to anyone. I just want to leave it with that.
0: Thank you. I think you're up next on the next topic. Am I? Yes.
3: Well, will figure it out when I get there. I'm not (laughs) sure what it's going to be.
0: It's going to be a surprise. Surprise. Anything in our grab bag?
1: Uh, Or is that old news? The grab bag? I don't even understand. Oh, the grab bag with Kids Corner. You can watch Spirit, the movie, and then Spirit is a cartoon on Netflix. It's cute. Like it. So
0: the old Spirit from the 90s, 2000? They made a series out of it?
1: Yeah, that's cute. It's fun. My girls like to watch it, and uh, I so I recommend that. It's on Netflix. That's my little... How
2: old would you recommend? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Would my Jonah like it at four? I think so, Okay, because I think he would. I need more TV for him. (laughs) Uh, Keeps him in one place. uh, Wasn't um,
0: it our rule that there was no screen time at the table?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Your idea. He never has screen time, so...
1: Um, But yeah, so Zoe and Harper both like it at the same time. Awesome. But uh, yeah, that's what I have. Thank you.
0: Anthony, what's on your radar and queue? Uh,
3: There's a couple things on uh, Netflix. I think that we have a Kelsey Grammer thing on Netflix. I think it's uh, like Father. It's basically about a uh, woman who is uh, still at her wedding. So she takes her father on her honeymoon. Is
0: that the one with Reese or is it Kirsten Dunn? It's one of the blondes.
3: uh, I don't know. I know Kelsey Grammer's in it, so I'm going to watch it but I'm going to watch that. Um, oh, I Christian Bell.
0: Christian. Christian Bell, I think is, yeah. yeah.
3: So I'm going to see how that goes. Um, and theater season is starting up for me, so that means I'll be doing a lot of taping at Muck, Jiva, and, and JCC. So I may see you there. I may not. I don't know. Uh, fun times. and awesome. so Cool. So. Yippee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, I'm playing hockey in February, so I'm in hockey training mode. So I come in all, uh, I'm in pain just because I've been on ice, getting ice rust off and...
0: How's the book coming?
3: Slow, but it's good. I'm getting a lot more information. I'm learning how to fix cars by putting them together online. It's kind of an interesting digital simulation. So, yeah, a
0: lot to learn about cars, man.
3: But it's all in my head now. So,
0: um, as I mentioned, I watched Happy Time Murders. Not anywhere as good as what so the trailer. The trailer, trailer, was. The the trailer tra- just been five minutes. And oh my god! Ended. So a skit, I like a trailer. skit, and that was it. Just it should have been a sketch. Yeah. Okay, um, the
1: trailer alone turned me off. That's the point. Yeah. Okay. okay. It
0: went for something and it missed it big time. Okay. Um. Yeah. I I don't even know how that movie would even be fixable. Honestly. The script was uh, without so good. Turning <laughs> Avenue Two into a movie. The
1: script was good. <laughs> okay. Moving on. And there there
0: on. is big holes in the movie. Then they cut things out they shouldn't have. Okay. Possibly. I'll send you the script. Her but yet? it's it's mostly weird seeing puppets with legs. That's the weird part. Yeah. I do not supposed to be any of that. Um, Gringo, Charlie Stain's in that one. Um, it should have been good. Not mile twenty two with Mark Wahlberg sucked. Mm. Um, just uh, finished up Preacher season three on is that AMC? Still as weird as ever. Um, so. Still going in that. Uh, On my radar, try to get to before it closes out at theaters is Black Klansman. Um, Peppermint opens up this week and Mayans starts on FX. Mayans is the offshoot of Sons of Anarchy, which was one of the best written shows for a while. Um, So I'm interested to see that come back. It would be nice for uh, Kurt Sutter, who's the writer of that. His writing is pretty fantastic.
3: Oh, I'm reading Black Klansman. Sorry. Just flashback. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that's that's high on my list, but I I don't have a single night open this week, so I probably won't see a thing thing into next week. Um and then Ozark season two started. I need to finish up Legion season two and finish up Castle Rock.
1: Okay, so I'll go quickly. Start Castle Rock. It was like crack. I just wanna see if Rock every time Castle Rock. I've never Rock comes. even tried crack. So I don't know what that's like. It's like um eating one Oreo, I guess. Um So, great show. I had, if you like Stephen King and you like to find all the, it's like Stranger Things for Stephen King fans. It's kind of what it's like. Um, We loved it. Dustin and I are sitting there and Kendra are just like eating them up, just like that. (laughs) Um, I watched Barefoot in the Park so that Zoe could see it so she could understand who, oh my God. Neil Simon. Thank you. You didn't
3: show her a couple first?
1: No. I showed her this one first. Mm. Um and then I so I want to finish that up. Um I want to try to finish up my book that I talked about earlier. Um and then I watched I did want to say that I did watch the first episode of Glow. Um and, and I could have easily been in a um a mood. Mm-hmm. I will say that. I appreciated the stick-to-itiveness or the perseverance of the main actress that didn't give up. I'll say that. And then I just like and then I, uh, then we started watching, it, it, it was a little, it's, it's light and it's.
0: It's a very light show. It's light it's, and
1: comedic yeah. and, and I am not there mm. yet.
0: I'd kind of say it verges with, kind of lends towards dark comedy.
1: I'm, I am really, Jason keeps saying, can you watch anything that's not dark? <laughs> Because here I am, like, and we're bridges. in Dexter and we're, you know, now watching <laughs> Castle Rock. And I am like, he's just like, my God, you're really in. <laughs>
3: Young Country Doctor's notebook is good.
0: He's going to have to walk around with a flashlight.
1: <laughs> um, so, and then The Wife is coming out on the 8th, I believe. And what? then The Wife? The Wife. Uh, and then um, Puzzle is out right I now. I saw that.
2: I thought that was fake. Does it look like a really weird... I did see that trailer this week. It puzzle? looked like a fake like Saturday Night Live trailer. Puzzle? Like They're going to make a movie about a puzzle, like if it's not bad enough doing one. The wife, I don't know the plot, though. So.
1: The white is coming out, and it, and it... A thousand
2: pieces of white. And then I like, clicked on it. It's actually showing at Pittsburgh. I'm like, oh, As my God, it's real.
1: Glenn Close and Poupa Christian Slater. Movie.
2: Wow. Yummy.
1: Um huh. Interesting. Christian Slater. Yeah. Not going close? Not going close. Okay. Oh. Hey, just <laughs> checking. Um, and it also has. Um, oh, speaking Max of Seymes that. Robot.
0: It. Mr. Robot has canceled. Christian Slater.
3: Wait, 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 wait. Uh, really?
4: Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. it's a, sad, a like that show. So that's
1: it. That's all I have. That's it. Okay. But, hmm. you know, I threw back. I had to throw back and watch Dream Little Dream. <sighs> Because me and my bestie Courtney, the Courtney and I used to watch this, and I showed Kendra, thinking, "Okay, so you're probably gonna think this is really stupid, but you're gonna watch it." And she loved it. I, I just <laughs> dig this movie. And what was her
0: perspective of
1: what was because she's
0: young enough that she the Corries to her were these bonkers out there. And she
1: knows them as from the from the older movies. Like she knows them from Stand by Me, and she knows them from almost. Okay, She's so she not seen, seen Lucas yet, so i was gonna show her Lucas. But she enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, Jason Robards is in it. Um, Piper Laurie from Carrie, going back into you know Susie Spacek, who is in Castle Rock, and what's his bucket? Who plays? Her interest? No, 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 no. In in Castle Rock, the guy, he uh, plays It.
0: Yes. Mm. Bill Skarsgård.
1: Yeah, Skarsgård.
0: Yes. He is a creepy looking guy. God, dude. man. <laughs> he is. Even without all the It makeup, he's So I really, I,
1: I would really recommend that.
0: Why did you do this?
1: He's so tall. Oh, he's not tall. Well, they make him tall in the movie, or in the show. <laughs> anyway. He
0: is... I get all scar, scars guards mixed up. Anyway, but thank you, Brigitte, for
1: your viewpoints and, and for being, being sleep here today. deprived.
2: And so and being I sleep- could be real with motherhood.
1: <laughs> sleep <laughs> I'm a little psychotic great. too. Too. So she just saw the miracle of birth. Always <laughs> fascinating. Where can we find you? Me? What did I decide? Like Viby, I I you should write it down on your <laughs> tablet so we you know I where you are. I already shut it down already. You know I think down. I'm um, Penny Lane sixty four at it's, on Instagram it. and uh, Antoine Twitter. Wow. No,
0: VB, Vidvar, VB Vidmar. on Twitter.
1: A oh, VB Vidmar on Twitter, and I just keep putting at Cultural Stew. <laughs> Cultural Stew, <laughs> and write my thing because I can never find the link to do it. Yeah. As sculptors do, but I have been taking pictures and like this is what I'm watching.
0: There's been a couple. I've seen them come through. So he's yeah. doing it,
3: Anthony. I'm on Facebook all over the place. Um, you can find me by my name, Anthony Carter, 167. They gave me a number now. I'm not sure why. I guess I'm 167. Anthony Carter is weird. I'm on Twitter at s m t o r c h i o, and I have an Instagram, but it's locked, so don't bother. Um, well.
1: What'd you do?
3: No, I just have my kids' pictures on there. I don't want people, you know, seeing my kids. So, but uh,
2: I'm on no social media except for Gmail and for my website, moderndaymidwife at gmail.com or moderndaymidwife at, well, moderndaymidwife.net.
0: Perfect. I was just going to ask you that. Thank (laughs) you. We thank you for coming in. Um, It has been a fun fun conversation. Um, you can find me pretty much everywhere as GF Media or GF Media CEO you can find us at culturalstew.net at culturalstew.net on Twitter and culturalstew on Facebook catch you later ciao The intro and break music is Please Listen Carefully by Jazeer, available through the Creative Commons license from Free Music Archive. The outgoing music is provided by Epidemic Sound. Please see our show notes for details on what the outgoing song is and who it is by. And also, as always, if you have a piece of music that you'd like us to play or consider playing, please contact us today. Like what you've heard? Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? Patreon is a content creator support site, a way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com
4: slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.